Nobody has more respect for women than I do. Nobody. Hillary Clinton wants to abolish it, believe me. She wants to abolish our Second Amendment. I think they didn't deny it. I don't think anybody denied it. Other presidents did not call, did write letters, and some presidents didn't do anything. Many people have come out and said, I'm right. You really do have to ask yourself, where does it stop? Hello and welcome to Fallacious Trump, the podcast where we use the insane ramblings of an ingordigious more worm to explain logical fallacies. I'm your host, Jim. And I'm your other host, Mark. A logical fallacy is an error in reasoning that results in bad or invalid arguments. And the logical fallacy we're looking at this week is the I'm entitled to my opinion fallacy. Can I just congratulate you on the gorgeous phrase, ingordigious more worm? Yeah. Wow. What is ingordigious? <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's a combination of a couple of Susie Dent words, the right. brilliant linguist from Countdown and, uh, yeah. and online. Ingordigious means motivated primarily by greed. Nice, yeah. It's a 17th yeah. century English word. And a more worm yeah. is someone who insists that they have done nothing wrong despite evidence to the contrary. Wow. There you go. Perfect. That's perfectly for Trump. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, the I'm entitled to my opinion fallacy, Yeah. I think is, is unique as far as we've seen so far in that the thing people say when they're committing the fallacy is the name of the fallacy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think any of them have been quotes before. Yes, yeah. But yeah, essentially, this is when people invoke their right to an opinion yeah. in the place of evidence, usually in, in the face of opposing evidence. So when they've put forward their opinion and their supposed evidence for that being the truth, and then they've been <laughs> yeah. shown it's wrong, <laughs> Yeah. then... Rather than presenting more evidence or arguing against the evidence that they've been shown, they'll just yeah. say, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. And it, it's right. a kind yeah. of thought-terminating yeah. cliche in as much mm. as it's designed to yeah, just shut yeah. down the discussion. But yeah. the thing is, they are technically right in that they're entitled to their, entitled opinion, to their opinion in as much yeah. as no one can stop you thinking a thing. <laughs> yes. They can't make you have a different opinion. <laughs> But yeah. typically when people use this, that's not really what they're saying. No, no. What they're kind of saying is, I have the right for my opinion to be given as much respect yeah. and weight in an argument yeah. as your facts. <laughs> yeah, I'm entitled for you to respect what it is that I'm saying despite the, with, and give it equal weight Yes, despite the facts being to the contrary my opinion weighs as much as your facts yeah it's a kind of a it's a uh, a trojan horse phrase yeah. the idea that all opinions are equally valid is is yeah. inherently flawed anyway yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, yeah but the idea that an opinion is equal to facts on the other side yeah. Yeah. is clearly not logical yeah yeah there you go. interestingly I, although i've got several examples from trump world and mm. three of them are in defence of Trump. Trump himself mm -hmm. doesn't seem to really say this. I haven't been able to find examples of him saying it, at least. And I think right. the reason is because he doesn't express the things he says as an opinion. No, he expresses them as, as facts. He claims they're facts. He pushes yeah. them as facts. And so if you say, well, that fact's wrong, he, he doesn't say, well, in my, in my opinion, it's different. Yeah. He's like, no, you're yeah. wrong. My facts are true even when they're yes. absolutely not true. But some people, yeah. who are often called upon to defend him, are less willing to go that gung-ho about it Yeah, and will fall back on this fallacy. Yeah, One of the first ones, I think, probably, was when he was just president-elect 
and he was talking about how he would have won the popular vote as well if you count all the illegals that voted for Hillary, <laughs> if you take them right. away. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, Mike yeah. Pence was on George Stephanopoulos' show and was called to defend that. I'm asking just about that tweet, which I'm going to say that he said uh, he would have won the popular vote if you deduct the millions of people who voted illegally. That statement is false. Why is it responsible to make it? Well, I, I, think, I think the president-elect just wants to call... To call to attention the fact that, um, that 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 there has been evidence over over many years of that's of not what he fraud. said and uh, uh, and and expressing that reality, the Pew Research Center found evidence of that four years ago it's is not certainly the certainly found. his right. But you know, the, it's, it's his right to make false statements. Well, it's it's his right to express his opinion as a president-elect of the United States. I think one of the things that's refreshing about our president-elect. Um, and the, it's one of the reasons why I think he made such an incredible connection w- with people all across this country is because he he tells you what's on his mind. That's very refreshing. <laughs> yes, very refreshing. And also, in doing that, he gives permission for other conspiracy theorists, uh, as we know, yeah. to say, yeah, no, he's right. All, all of this is true. All of these awful things that are proved, disproved by facts, you can prove anything with facts. It's a conspiracy. We are right. Yeah. We are able to express this stuff because the president does it. Yeah. So Pence tries to offer some evidence in as much as he brings up a Pew Research study from a few years before. that He mentions it a few times during this interview. The first time he says, correctly, that it revealed voters who were incorrectly on the rolls who had died or moved away or whatever but each time he does it subsequently he suggests that it is evidence of fraud which it isn't evidence of fraud at all it's not evidence that fraud took place it's it's evidence that the voter rolls need cleaning that's all yeah and so he tries to kind of bring in evidence but when that fails when george stephanopoulos pushes back on it he just He just goes back on. Well, it's just it's his opinion. He's a, he's got a right to express his opinion. Yeah, yeah. He's got a right to spread <laughs> false falsehoods. Yeah. Uh, well, it's a very refreshing. You know, he's chimed with all sorts of other people that peddle falsehoods. Yeah, yeah. That's why he got voted in because yeah. they all believed his lies because they all they they all agree with them. Yeah. Yeah. And our second yeah. example is also a George Stephanopoulos interview. Every time I hear his name. Because he was mentioned on Friends in like season one when they got right. his pizza. The girls got his uh, pizza that yes. was for yeah. him. And Rachel didn't know who he was and, and said, yeah. Who's George Snuffleupagus? It's just, yes. It's all I can <laughs> yeah. think of when I hear his name. Yeah. Anyway, he was interviewing Trump lawyer Joe Tacopino. This is one of the New York trials where Judge Marchan was. Trump was saying that he is biased against Trump. And so Stephanopoulos was asking Takapina if he believes that too. President Trump has attacked the judge. Is that your team's official legal position? Do you believe the judge is biased? No, I don't believe the judge is biased. I mean, the president's entitled to his own opinion. Look, he's been the victim of a political persecution. So, yeah, Joe is saying, essentially, I'm, as a lawyer in his courtroom, I'm not going to say he's biased. (laughs) Yeah, I yeah. haven't got any evidence to say that, but the, but the yeah. president can say it. That's fine. He's yeah. entitled to his opinion, and he's the subject of a political persecution. That's surely an opinion too. <laughs> that's not. That's oh, not fact. No, he yeah. says that's yeah. a fact. I don't care whether you believe it or not. That's a fact. He says later on in that interview. Uh, right. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> right. Okay. So yeah. He's, yeah, this kind of the the Trumpness is bleeding across his 
his legal team. So our third example is from Roger Stone's testimony to the House Intelligence Committee in 2017. Now, this was the testimony that he later was prosecuted for lying to Congress about and and eventually had to be pardoned by Trump because otherwise he was going to prison. And what he lied about was the extent of his connection to Russian sources prior to the 2016 election. So perhaps we could do a bit of a dramatic reading. Oh, yeah, there you go, yeah. Do you want to play Adam Schiff or Roger Stone? I'll be Schiff, yeah. Okay, go on. Mr Stone, you've acknowledged that it's the conclusion of the intelligence community that Guccifer 2 is a cutout of the Russian intelligence agencies. They have said that, yes. And you've disputed that. But do you have any basis to dispute that other than the fact that you wish it not to be true? I just see no proof of it other than the flat statement that it is the case. So I've given you my opinion, yes. And because the intelligence community hasn't shown you the classified information that would be the basis of their conclusion, you're rejecting it on the basis of the fact that they've gotten other things wrong in the past. Is that your testimony? Many, many, many other things. And as I say in my statement, I believe they've been politicised, yes. But your testimony, Mr Stone, that you were never in contact with a Russian or Russians, let alone the Russian intelligence services, is only truthful if the intelligence community is wrong about its assessment and you have no basis to conclude that they are wrong about their assessment. I'm entitled to my opinion. (laughs) I do not believe that they are, that he is a, or that entity is a Russian cutout and therefore I would disagree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. So, yeah, it just goes, I see no other proof. No other proof of it yeah. other than the flat statement. And I love that that he says, that Schiff says, do you have any basis <laughs> to dispute that other than the fact that you wish it not to be true? Three times he comes back to him saying, you've got no reason to believe this, have you? And all of the evidence is on the other side. And Stone is like, well, that's my opinion. I get to have an opinion. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And when the speaker says it, they think that's it, and they, you know, they they almost kind of you know dust their hands together and go, right, that's it, job uh-huh, done. Yeah, I win. I win. <laughs> I win. <laughs> or it's a stalemate. Or I've I've trumped her half with a small T. I've trumped your card. Mm. Yeah, if that's all you've got, I've got my opinion. Yeah, entitled to my opinion. There it is, right there. Yeah, Jeepers. And so our fourth example is from Kellyanne Conway. Yay! Following day one of the press conferences that Sean Spicer held after Trump was inaugurated, in which Spicer lied about almost everything. And Chuck Todd, weirdly, took Kellyanne Conway to account and asked her probing questions about this stuff and and wouldn't let it go. So she responded like this. Don't be so overly dramatic about it, Chuck. You're saying it's a falsehood, and they're giving Sean Spicer, our press secretary, gave alternative facts to that. But the point remains... Alternative facts? (laughs) <laughs> alternative yeah. facts such a great is, is yeah. really this fallacy i think yeah it's sure you've got the truth on your side yeah we've got our version yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> which i am entitled yeah. to have we can yeah, yeah. sean spicer has his own version of facts <laughs> yeah and he yeah. can say them so wow uh-huh such a brilliant addition to the the global lexicon, wasn't it? I'd like to say that I miss both Sean Spicer and Kellyanne Conway. No. But I don't at all. I never give them a second thought. No. <laughs> and he was the most ill-suited for the role person ever. Well... In- press secretary i mean just in my head only comparing him to trump's other press secretaries and still yeah, thinking yeah. actually no he <laughs> was great true, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
And now is the time, I think, for Mark's British politics corner. We're going to start off with politic adjacent. And actually, he mentions that he's not interested in politics, but he does seem to wade in on the issues of the day. And it's Gary Lineker, ex-England World Cup star and TV football soccer pundit. And before he was commenting on Suella Braverman's use of language from 1930s Germany and bringing sports coverage to a complete standstill, back in October 2019, he was talking about Brexit under the banner headline, Gary Lineker stuns BBC viewers with patronising claim poor people were duped by Brexit. The right-wing tabloid Daily Express who also do both of those things, (laughs) dupe poor people and are patronising. They clipped an interview that he gave on the BBC, which begins with this. Politics has always been an interest. I don't want to get involved in politics in any way, but it's nice to be able to have a voice of opinion. Obviously, I have a large platform, so I have to think about the degree of responsibility with what I do, so I try and do it in the right way. The Brexit issue has become something that, from the very start, I just couldn't work out why it would be a good idea. Whether I'm right or wrong, time will tell, but um, I'm entitled to my opinion, um, and I'm perfectly happy with people that um, that have a difference of opinion, um, but I still am waiting to hear from one of them something positive, genuinely positive. So in there, there's kind of an extension of the I'm entitled to my opinion. He talks about, graciously, allowing other people <laughs> to have opinions, but there's something in there that smacks a bit of, I'm okay with other people's opinions, but they're wrong, is kind of in there. He's And and also he he says, well, yeah, I was interested in politics, don't want to get involved in politics, but I'd like to have my opinion. So he's doing the, I can be involved in politics through the fact that I've got an opinion. But he does wade in with lots of opinions and the strength and rightness of his political position is based on the fact that he's entitled to his opinion. I think this fallacy becomes a lot messier when you're talking about things that are either genuinely opinion-based, like preference, or kind of ideas of what might happen in the future or might happen given a certain set of circumstances like Brexit at the time. Yeah. Well, no, not at the time, because this was 2019, wasn't it? Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think... His opinion that Brexit wasn't a good thing by this point had been fairly well proven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so in a way, I think the most fallacious he's being is in is engaging with other people's opinions that it is actually great and saying, yeah, they are entitled to their opinions because he said, like, oh, yeah, I, other people can have their opinions. I mean, they can, but look at the facts. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where this is strongest is is where people are expressing opinions about things that can be proved yeah. and they're on the wrong side of that. So, yeah, so I think by by extension, the fact that he says he doesn't want to get involved in politics. Yeah, he, he's a, he does a very bad job of not getting involved he's, in yes, politics. Yes, he's disproven <laughs> by the facts. But, you know, I like, to, I like to express my opinion. The fact is he does get involved in politics. That's... Yeah a lot of what his online presence is about. I mean, arguably, given his high-profile status as a BBC presenter and football pundit and stuff, he's more involved Mm. in politics than a large number of politicians who you never hear anything from ever, like most of the Lib Dems, unfortunately. (laughs) Yes, quite, yeah. And a huge number of backbenchers. 
He's yeah. way more politically active, you could argue. Yeah, yeah. But he's kind of <laughs> denying it yeah. in a way. Uh, interestingly, the URL of the article at the end is Brexit News, Gary Lineker, <laughs> Brexiteer, Remainer, BBC Latest. <laughs> so you can kind of tell what the Daily Express thinks of his opinion, <laughs> i.e. that he should keep it to himself. Yeah. And speaking of Suella Braverman, as someone who should keep the stuff to themselves, as Home Secretary, she's been calmly acknowledging this week the part that Britain's played in all the wars across the centuries and accepting those same Britons can, of course, march for peace, whatever side of the issue they stand behind during the current conflicts. No, of course she hasn't. She's been rapidly <laughs> stirring the culture wars pot in the run-up to the Armistice Day Parade in London. And she published an op-ed in the Times, which was unsanctioned by the Prime Minister, accusing the police of biased policing against the right wing and not the peaceful pro-Palestinian marchers, sorry, hate mobs, and thus, in a very Trump-like way, actually incited some sort of violence on the streets. And the government is quite quiet about it, apart from I actually spotted Rishi Sunak's tell when he said (laughs) he still had full confidence in the Home Secretary ahead of Monday's cabinet reshuffle. That offers some hope. Yeah, he's doing a (laughs) cabinet reshuffle for reshuffle, rearranging (laughs) Titanic deck chairs. So whilst the government's been quiet on it, right-wing commentators have not been silent. And so here's a clip from GB News, which is the broadcast arm, as we've discovered, of the Tory party, where GB News were heavily represented at the last conference because most of the presenters are Tory party members, if not elected officials. So this is GB News' Michelle Dubry's show. And on the show, Alex Dean, who's credited as a PR consultant, he employs the fallacy on Suella's behalf. And Peter Edwards, who's credited as former editor of Labour List, counters the fallacy. The article she wrote in The Times, where she basically accused the police of playing favourites, treating those on the left when you're protesting very differently to perhaps those on the right. I think that whilst she may use some terms that people um, might not use themselves, she's perfectly within her rights to express uh, her opinion. And and I think furthermore, given that the ability to designate something as a protest so risky that it can't take place sits not with her but with the police. It wasn't a speech. It wasn't an interview. It was her opinion. I mean, that's the defence put out by her, her aides, sources, telling newspapers. It's just her opinion. Well, but she, she holds one of, one of the great offices of state, Home Secretary. There's an international crisis in the Middle East, which I think le- left or right, we're all very saddened and distressed by. But on such a sensitive issue, just to chuck out an article like this, ignore the comments. And it wasn't that they didn't see it. Downing Street saw the article, requested edits, and her team or her, Suella, refused to make them. So it's basically sticking two fingers up at her boss on such a sensitive issue. And my worry is, finally, that it makes it all about her. That's the other thing that I think this fallacy does, is when you say, I'm entitled to my opinion, the entitled bit is is there, and opinion is there, but it's also my opinion. And it does make the argument about the person saying, I'm entitled to my opinion. As Peter Edwards points out, it is all about Suella. It's become about her she's or her defenders are saying she's got the right to express an opinion well not when you're determining government policy yeah that's the thing this becomes much more dangerous and problematic when the people who are expressing the opinion hold positions of power yeah or have some kind of conflict of interest even in on a topic us expressing an opinion on anything isn't going to make any difference to anyone but 
But yeah. when you're the fucking yeah, yeah. Home Secretary or the President or someone like yeah. that, yeah. your opinion isn't just your opinion. No. It becomes government policy even by proxy. Exactly, yes. And it's absolutely disingenuous for anyone to, to say, oh, yeah, but well, and another fallacy we ought to try and look at because there's so many times it pops up. Grant Shapps, the Defence Secretary, is now saying that the Labour Party are playing politics <laughs> with with the demands that Suella Braverman be held to account for publishing her opinion in the face of directives from Number 10 who said, no, you can't publish that, you need to take these things out that she didn't take out. And I think they said you need to take these out because they're factually incorrect. It's just opinion. You can't be saying that given that you're in the office that you're that you hold and of course the fallback after she's entitled to her opinion is you're just playing politics yeah we should look at that one see what that maybe when we swap roles might do that mm. one um, yeah <laughs> it might be a new one i'm not sure that falls into any existing one so you might yeah. have just come up with it yeah. ah. labor's darren jones was commenting on the the fallout of it and he pointed out that suella braverman is entitled to her views but she should make them privately within the cabinet meeting. And also retired rugby referee Nigel Owens pointed out, you can't have an opinion when it's totally factually wrong. (laughs) That then is just a feeble excuse to say something. What she's doing is she's inciting hatred and division and disenfranchising the police. She's done all sorts of stuff. She's trying to blame the judges for being too woke. And, you know, for upholding the law, people being deported <laughs> to Rwanda. Upholding the Bloody law. Bloody <laughs> around here, around pointing out the legal, legal problems. Yeah. <laughs> and, that, and she does all that stuff. And then to say, well, I'm entitled to my opinion, allows you to say outrageous things, seeking to be granted permission to be able to say this shit with no comeback. That's the thing is when people say that, you're right, it is a thought-terminating cliche because that's the end of it. And that's, you know, I've entitled to my opinion and that's the end of it. Whilst it it kind of leans into thought-terminating cliche, I think it also contributes to invincible ignorance. There's a brilliant Facebook page called No, Actually, That's Bollocks, (laughs) which um, had this example where it spells out the blind faith of Boris supporters and there was this little uh, video clip and he kind of written some commentary and said, okay, so basically what's going on is the viewer, Eileen, says, I think Boris has done a marvellous job. Really? In all the, in the face of all the evidence presented to you at the select committee hearings, yes, well, I'm entitled to my opinion. Well, naturally, you're right, Eileen, you are. <laughs> but I'd implore you not to ignore the truth when it's laid out in front of you. Yeah, well, I still think Boris has done a marvellous job. So it's it's that, it, it's a yeah. barrier to not to have to engage with the facts on the basis that the other person is arguing with you. Yeah. And I've got to get the last word. Yeah, there's it's a refusal to accept any argument or facts or anything on the other side. Just, no, yeah. can't change my mind. Yeah. This is my opinion. That's it. Yeah, and, and I'm entitled to it. I know it's true Just cause it's my opinion 
there of course with a new number one hit <laughs> now and then so in the fallacy of the world we like to talk about the fallacy of the week from a non-political perspective and our first example this week comes from the mentalist oh yeah another medium or a claimed medium has come to them with information about a case right and there's some dispute obviously patrick jane is skeptical yeah and the others not so much christina told us she knew in advance that rosemary was in danger why would she tell us that if she's guilty how diabolically clever of her Make us dismiss her as a suspect because she made herself look like one. Or maybe, just maybe, she has a rare and precious gift and is trying to help us. A rare and precious gift. Tell me, <clears throat> who gets these gifts anyhow? And how come no one ever has the gift for seeing horse race results? And how come dead people always talk such tedious drivel? Play nice. Matt Pelt's entitled to her opinion. Not if it's wrong. This is like believing in the Easter Bunny. Who says there's no Easter Bunny? Play nice. She's entitled to her opinion. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's the other thing. Is stop arguing with her. Absolutely, that's the thing. Lisbon is defending Grace in this instance, saying that she's entitled to her opinion, and yes, she is entitled to it, even though it's wrong. But yeah. but that doesn't mean that you're not open to challenge. Yeah. If you express an opinion and someone can offer questions to challenge whether yeah. it's right or not, that's okay. Yeah. That's not being mean to her. <laughs> no, no. But it's not like she's saying, no, I don't particularly like David Bowie. <laughs> yeah. You can go, okay, yeah, fine, fair enough. That's your entitled to your opinion. Yeah. Rather than, well, you're wrong. She's yeah. expressing the opinion that it is possible that mediums really can talk to the dead yeah. and jane is prepared to push back and has evidence-based questions but if you don't know the backstory of the mentalist he patrick jane used to scam people he used to be a a stage mentalist a tv mentalist who would who would right. kind of read people's minds and talk to the dead and that kind of stuff so he knows all of the tricks mm. that people do when they pretend to do that stuff and that's why he is convinced that that doesn't exist in reality because all of yeah. the people who he's ever seen who do that he knows what tricks they're using so yeah that's that's the evidence base that he's coming from in his yes opinion. exactly so he's coming yes he's coming from a vast yeah. body of evidence of the of the facts of how you do this stuff didn't we see one uh, qed when you just went, oh yeah, no, I've worked out how he did it. Well, we did. Yeah. We saw a magician who did some mind yeah. reading type things. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what you're trying to do is sway the crowd's opinion <laughs> that you are, in fact, reading minds. But the way you do that as a stage mentalist is to provide them with evidence that appears to show that that's the power you have. Yeah. Yeah, and it's yeah, just yeah. that they are yeah. not critically thinking about that evidence in the right way, and possibly because it's yeah. a trick they're, they're not aware of. It is still providing evidence 
rather than just saying, hey, I can read minds and that's totally a thing. And that, if you don't believe it, that's my opinion. And I'm entitled to it. <laughs> I'm entitled to my opinion. <laughs> so I can. Yeah. yeah and all you've, got is the evidence, all you've got is the evidence uh-huh. that I can't. But that doesn't exist. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, second example comes from the Big Bang Theory, an episode where the gang have done something wrong to Sheldon. They've messed with one of his experiments. He got very cross and moved, resigned from his position at the university and moved back to Texas. What are they doing here? We came to apologize. Again. And bring you home. So why don't you pack up your stuff and we'll head back? No, this is my home now. Thanks to you, my career is over. And I will spend the rest of my life here in Texas trying to teach evolution to creationists. You watch your mouth, Shelley. Everyone's entitled to their opinion. Evolution isn't an opinion, it's fact. And that is your opinion. I forgive you, let's go home. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah, there, there is. That's the, that's the double down. Absolutely, yeah. Explicitly saying that your facts are just an opinion as equal yeah. to my opinion, equal to my opinion yeah. that creationism is real. That's essentially what people are doing with this fallacy is they are equating the facts with the opinion and saying they have equal weight. Yeah. Sheldon's mum just did it explicitly. <laughs> yes, not only are they saying that my opinion is equal in weight to your facts, but that your fact is no less of an opinion than my opinion. Should be treated the same, essentially. Bringing facts down to the level of opinion and proud of it. So our final example comes from 12 Angry Men, which we have discussed a few times. I think, in fact, we've probably looked Mm. at this scene before, but this is the very, very end of the film, and this is where Lee J. Cobb is kind of coming to the end of his rope and he's dealt with all of the arguments he's the one holdout he still thinks the kid's guilty and he's trying to kind of deal with the fact that everyone's presented facts to him that he can't argue against yeah you lousy bunch of bleeding hearts you're not going to intimidate me i'm entitled to my opinion and this is almost the last thing he says before breaking down and admitting that he thinks actually the kid isn't guilty. And and the reason he's holding out is because he sees in this kid his own son who has walked away from him and abandoned him, presumably because he's a violent arsehole. Could be. And so he, he resents his kid and his relationship with his kid and, and regrets not having a relationship. And so he sees this kid in the defendant in his mm. relationship and he sees him as a kind of wastrel. He holds on to that, that emotional argument, his feeling that the kid is yeah. guilty, his opinion despite all of the facts that are presented to him and all of the questions that are raised that that suggest that at least there's doubt. And all he can do at the end is not argue against those facts, just say, well, I'm entitled to my opinion and that's it. That's all that's left. And and also there's a a stubbornness involved in his character, Mm. but in people that say, well, I'm entitled, like Eileen and her belief that Boris was doing a great job, you just dig your heels in and say, well, I'm, in t- I'm entitled, I'm going to stick with my opinion. In the face of all the contrary evidence, he does break, break down. Yeah. In order to ag- agree that the facts and the evidence presented to them mean that there is reasonable doubt, yeah. he has to break down. He has to emotionally go through trauma 
to get past what he why he's holding on to his opinion and i think it's very telling that this is the character who says this and and it's right at the end because mm. any of the you know it starts out 11 people saying the kid's guilty at any yep. point in the film any one of those other 11 could have said well i'm entitled to my opinion and that's why i'm sticking with what i think but each of those yep. other 10 were prepared to be argued around by evidence they had a, at yeah. least partly an open mind and they weren't sticking with their idea because it was their opinion and that outweighs yep. facts they yep. listened to the facts yes yeah. This is yeah. the one guy who wasn't swayed by the facts until he had that breakthrough. Yeah. So before we move on to fake news this week, I yep. just want to mention that Christmas is coming up. The goose is getting fat, and by goose I mean me. And <laughs> if yeah. you are thinking about yeah. what presents you might want to give people for Christmas... Then think no further. There's a new range of T-shirts yes. on our merch store at fallaciousTrump.com slash T. In fact, the, the specific yep. new range is at fallaciousTrump.com slash shirts and if you don't have apple podcasts if you use a different podcast app you might have noticed that since episode 130 i've been using episode specific thumbnails apple Podcasts still shows the show artwork no matter what but some some apps use episode specific artwork and it's on our facebook group with each episode and so on that artwork is what i'm putting on to t-shirts so Every episode since 1.30, there's a T-shirt with that fallacy with a definition and a little image that represents that fallacy. And I've also done some of the kind of classics, Straw Man, Poisoning the Well, and there will be more going up weekly. If you would like a fallacy and there isn't a T-shirt of it yet, let us know and I'll make one for you, just specifically for you. There you go. There is a Black Friday slash Cyber Monday sale coming up at the end of November. So that's why I wanted to tell you about it now, because you can get 40% off Nice, yeah. during that weekend. And they're good things to get for Christmas or for yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, forget the horrible Christmas jumper. Buy one of these for <laughs> Christmas and you, it's uh-huh. it's for life, not just for Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm wearing one right now. My favourite graphic so far is the worst case scenario one. <laughs> With the uh, crocodile, snake, and a bomb. So good. <laughs> so com slash shirts for that range. And if there isn't a fantasy that you like up there, let me know which one you'd want to see. So we're going we're gonna to play fake news, folks. I love the game. It's a great game. I understand the game as well as anybody. As well as anybody. Yes, it's time for fake news, the game where I read out three Trump quotes, two of which are real and one I made up. And Mark has to figure out which one is fake news. So I'm just going to state it for the record and say it out loud, and I'm sure I'm not the only one thinking this, that the whole game is rigged against me. I, I Basically, I demand a recount, as all the numbers to the right of the ratio rightfully are mine. And I'm, I'm just voicing my opinion, as is my right, but I think many people agree that this is correct. Right. Well, <laughs> Trump did a, an interview on a Spanish-language yeah. channel called Univision recently, and... A lot of the stuff he said was very, very rambly. It was a, a fawning interview. They weren't probing questions that he was asked. Right. But he went on. <laughs> his his mm-hmm. answers rambled significantly right. and repeated himself and went down rabbit holes and things. So here are just some things that he said during this interview. He was asked initially <laughs> about why he thinks Hispanic people are intending to vote for him in such huge numbers. He said... The Latino vote is so incredible because they're unbelievable people. They have incredible skills, incredible energy, and they're very entrepreneurial. 
All you have to do is look at the owners of Univision. They're unbelievable, entrepreneurial people, and they like me. You know, there's never been anything like it in the Republican Party. I've been a Republican, and am a Republican, and we have tremendous support from the, I call Hispanic, Latino, you have lots of different terms, but it all means the same thing as far as I'm concerned. Okay. So that's why, that's why Hispanics are, are voting for Trump. Yeah, yeah, because they're stuff. incredible, unbelievable entrepreneurial people. Uh-huh. And he's a Republican, and he's been a Republican. <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. And then he was asked about Biden going after him so much. Yeah. He said, they've released the genie out of the box. They've done something <laughs> that nobody thought right. would happen. They've taken a president who's very popular. I got 75 million votes, much more than that, I believe. No president's ever gotten that many votes, and they've taken that number of people, and I think you can double it, or almost you can triple it in terms of the real, the feeling. You can't do that. You can't go after people. You know, when you're president and you've done a good job and you're popular, you don't go after them so you can win an election. What? Okay, he's released the Pandora out of the bottle. Yeah, genie (laughs) out of the box. And he's got, and he's gone for the the usual Trump bump. I've got seventy five million, much more than that, I believe. No, yeah, and, and the, by the next sentence, he's doubled it and tripled it in terms of the real. <laughs> then words fail him. Okay, you can't uh-huh. do that. What? What's he? What? What, what is he doing? Yeah, okay. and um, All right. yeah, number yeah. three. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was asked about being indicted four times. And he said, right. what they've done is like a third world country. It's like, I don't want to give any names, but you know the names. That's where this kind of thing happens in places where, look, what they've really done is they've made this the thing you have to do. If I'm president, and I think I will be, I would be stupid not to do what they're doing right now. If I see someone who's against me and doing well, as well as I'm currently doing, I'm ahead in all the polls, I would have to take them down by indicting them. I would have to. Right, he isn't headling all the polls, is he? No. <laughs> no. Uh, okay. Wow. All right. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, before you before you make your decision, yeah, I just want to say that this is a potential here to get to fifty percent. If you get this right, Ooh. you're on sixty three out of one hundred and twenty six. So no pressure. Okay. Okay. This well, is yeah, yeah. This is it. But in, in my opinion, <laughs> if I don't win, then it's rigged. Okay. Well, I, I quite like the unbelievable, incredible, unbelievable entrepreneurial. And I've been a Republican, I'm a Republican. Mm, and, but the, and also the, the doublet, triplet in terms of the feeling. On the basis that, if I don't win, it's all rigged. I'm, I'm, I, I think that... Yeah, it's a toss-up between unbelievable entrepreneurial. There's too many of those, but that could be... Uh, I don't know. Okay, I would indict them. Don't give me the names to know that. Oh! Okay, I'm going, I think number three is the one that you made up, but I'm sure it's number one. <laughs> so right, yeah. would it be fair to say that you're more convinced by number two? Yes. The genie out of the box. Yes. And number two? Yeah. Israel. They've released the genie out of the box. You understand that? They've done something that nobody thought would happen. 
They've taken a president who is very popular. I got 75 million votes, much more than that, I believe. Mm -hmm. No president's ever gotten that many votes. And they've taken that number of people, and I think you can double it or almost you can triple it in terms of the real, the feeling. You can't do that. You can't go after people. You know, when you're president and you, you've done a good job and you're popular, you don't go after them so you can win an election. <laughs> so, the, so basically you've got 75 million more than any other president. Yeah, but I think it's like wind chill. It feels like 225 million, doesn't it? You know, right. it's only 75 <laughs> right. million. But the feeling... Yeah. In the shade. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. His opinion how, is that it's 225 there. million. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just what the fact that he puts in. I believe I got more than that. I believe nobody's got that many votes. He didn't get that many votes. He got seventy-four million. He didn't get seventy-five yeah. million. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <sighs> you can't go after people. Basically, it's him. It's it's him that they're they're going after him. They're going and after you can't, him. You can't do that when you're that popular. When you're as popular when, as he's just made up, yeah, you can't go after them because <laughs> they're only going after him because he's so popular. Yes, so they've got to. They what they've got to do is respect his popularity and don't chase him for all the criming that he's done. Yeah, yeah, in his life because he's so popular and he's done a good job. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. In his he's opinion, done a great. In his opinion, <laughs> yeah, he believes. Yeah, no, he's done a great job. So, yeah, he's done the best job ever. No, no other president's done a job as, as well as he's done it. <laughs> yeah, in terms of the, the feeling. Yeah, yeah. As far as he's concerned. Yeah, if yeah. you just make up stuff, uh, then yeah. you can say any numbers you like, can't you? That's fine. Exactly. Yeah, yeah in yeah, terms yeah. of uh, uh, in yeah. terms of not, you know, not technically in the real world, but the feeling of how well the I've fe- done, <laughs> I, yeah. I'm going to start doing yeah. that at work. That's like, that's- Sorry. How, well, how yeah, many hours okay. have you done today? Well, uh, I, I woke up late and I left early. But I, uh, the feeding it felt like I felt like eight. Felt like I've done like twenty-five hours today. Yeah, yeah. With a little, little time. Sometimes it's sometimes it's triple that. Yeah. Sometimes in my head, I've done forty-eight hours in a single afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. So wow. You also think that number one is real. Yeah, I have my I mean, doubts, but yeah. Last chance to change your mind. Oh, that's very kind. But no, I'm going to stick with stick with the one I've said. Yeah, you'll have to take your first answer. <laughs> have to take your first answer. And number one, yeah, is real. Well, the Latino vote is so incredible because they're unbelievable people. They have uh, incredible skills, incredible energy. And they're very entrepreneurial. All you have to do is look at the owners of Univision. Um, they're unbelievable entrepreneurial people. And they like me. You know, there's never been anything like it in the Republican Party. I've been a Republican and am a Republican. And uh, we have tremendous support from the, I call Hispanic, Latino. You have lots of different, uh, different terms. But uh, it all means the same thing as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> what the fuck is he talking about? You know, there's never been anything like any Republican Party because I've been a Republican. <laughs> I am a Republican and I should know. What the hell? And we have tremendous support from the just random, slightly racist terms. You have yeah, lots of different yeah. terms. When he's Almost asked by a, by a Spanish-language American TV channel 
why do you think Hispanic yeah. people are voting for you in such huge numbers yeah. or want to vote for you? He's like, well, you know, Hispanics or Latinos, call them whatever you like. It's basically well, the same. They're all they're, the they're same. All I one can't thing. tell them apart. Yeah, yeah. they're all a monoculture. Yeah, and and I, and they like them. me. So pff. yeah. Oh, what Jesus can I say? Christ. Look at the owners of of Univision, such as They're... very non-Latino, non-Hispanic Wade Davis, the CEO of Univision. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all you got to do. Gonna yeah, do. very... So, so employ a lot of <laughs> Hispanic people. Very entrepreneurial. The, yeah, very entrepreneurial. He goes hell. incredible. It's just... It says there's three Incredibles and two Unbelievables. It's just... Um, and then an and entrepreneurial, and then two, he likes two the sound entrepreneurs. of that, and he gets stuck with that, so he has to mash them together. Yeah. And then he wow. says, there's never been anything like it in the Republican Party. I've been a Republican, and am a Republican. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. What? What? Yeah. That's yeah. In the Republican Party. Is he just remembered? <laughs> oh. Oh. I've been a Republican. Oh, hang on. I am a oh, yeah. Republican. Yeah. <laughs> And and we have tremendous support from the I call them derogatory terms. I, well, not can, derogatory, just, like. just generic. Just, just yeah. Sadly, yeah. there is a history of them being interchangeable, including in the U.S. Census in 2010. They were oh, they were yeah. they just mixed Hispanics and Latinos. Hispanics generally is used to refer to Spanish-speaking people from right places where they speak Spanish, including Spain. Uh, whereas yeah. Latinos yeah. typically used to describe people from South America, Latin America, um, who don't necessarily all speak Spanish, like, for example, Brazilians who speak Portuguese. Um, And that group of people generally doesn't include people from Spain. So, Mm. yeah, it's just saying, well, they're the same. They'll be fine. It's all all one group. They all love me. Yeah, yeah. Even the Brazilians (laughs) vote for me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, Jesus uh, yeah. Christ! But that does mean that you've won. Hey! Number three was oh, yeah. was fake news. He has suggested that he is not that his hands are tied and he's just got to indict people. But he suggested right. that now that all bets are <laughs> yeah. off, you know. And and given yeah. the way that he's been treated, anyone he's, who he's, looks at him wrong is going is getting yeah. indicted <laughs> because he's convinced that it's all a. Well, either he's convinced or he's just using it as a, a smokescreen from all the actual criming, which has nothing to do with his presidential achievements. <laughs> you can see yeah. why I'm hesitating to use the, the phrase. But it's like nothing to do with the fact that he was president. It's all to do with the fact that he's a fraudulent businessman. Well, and a yeah. you know, criminal. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, and that, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, fraud, yeah. insurrection, election interference. Yeah. Retaining classified documents. I mean, I could go yeah. on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No need. Because it's, it's, it'll all be in the headlines. Yeah. But he's so, so what he's going to do is get back at people by just doing the same to them. Yeah. Yeah. Revenge is the yeah. one thing that motivates him almost as much as greed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes, because he's a... He's an ingordigious mortworm. Ingordigious, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh-huh. But yay, flip an egg. We have got some, some social contestants right. on Facebook and Patreon. So if yep. you'd like to join in next time, be on Facebook and Patreon when we record, even though we don't tell you when we record. And <laughs> it seems interestingly to be split by platform. 
So on Patreon, right. a lot of people have got it right. Oh, Stephen says I'm going with number three. It seems the most coherent, ergo not Trump. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I should use that kind of reasoning, yeah. yeah. Well, Anders yeah. says, I agree with Stephen, and if I was wrong, we'd have to take you down by indicting you. We would have to. <laughs> Rene yeah. says, number three is fake news, I think. I'm fairly certain I've heard one and two, which means I'm listening to Trump way too much. Number three is uh, tricky. Yeah. It sounds so much like Trump's idiocy that it's hard to resist. Well done, Jim. Invisible yeah, Unicorn yeah. says I'm going with three for the same reason. And Amber says, wait, is three coherent? Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. But on yeah. uh, Facebook, Mary says, I right. think this is the first week I have literally no idea. Scott says, this is a tough oh. one. They're all equal parts gibberish. Pretty sure number three is real because he certainly thinks he could, as president, indict people. Number one contains a big word ah. that's repeated. He likes to do that. Hence, I think number two is fake news. Andrew right. says, number two sounds like a stroke victim, so it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with three. <laughs> I think he said uh, similar, but that's how you're tricking us. Uh, uh, Andrew yes, says, yes. I'm going for number three, mostly because I want to hear him say they let the genie out of the box. And yeah, uh, Ben says, nice. I'm going for number one, as it's too coherent. So, uh, difference of opinion on which is the coherent one. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And interesting that people have repeated the word <laughs> in a Yeah, that's what they're looking Trump out for. Way. I think that's the, that's the main thing that people are going by, is does this right. sound completely unhinged <laughs> or, or coherent? Yeah. And yeah. I, and I yeah. must admit, I am struggling, especially in recent weeks, and I think this may be part... I'm not trying to take away anything from your impressive run of victories <laughs> in any Don't way. patronise me. Just yeah. to say I'm yeah. struggling to be as batshit as Trump. Right. Because yeah, he yeah. has, he does yeah. seem to have got worse. It's hard to come up with. That's it. They are the just completely non sequitur tangents. Yes, yeah. exactly. And it's hard to think like that when you're as, log- as logical <laughs> a thinker as you are. But there must be a way of applying the logic to to that. Yeah, you've all you've almost got to, you know, writing write down words and into cutting them lines. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to, you've, you've <laughs> yeah. I need to get some of those magnet, poetry magnet things for the fridge. Yes, exactly. And, and yeah, rearrange Ooh, stuff. Oh, now there's a merch. <laughs> there's a merch opportunity. Flipping egg. Yeah, you could have, you call it the fake news game, and you just put in all of the key Trump words, uh-huh. and you could fridge magnet. Well, there fake is news. our first like forty or so fake news games are on Sporkle as a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> So you can kind of test yourself on that. But, right. Yeah, because someone, someone on Facebook, I think, suggested it was a good idea, and I used Spork yeah. before and thought, yeah, okay, why not? But I haven't Brilliant. updated it at all. So right. that's it. You are you are on 50%. Yay! 63 out of 126. Yeah, oh, right. It's only taken five and a half years. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah. Well, that's... Wow. And yeah, yes, because so you've been driving yourself mad for five and a half years. <laughs> and it's time for the part of the show that this week at least is called The Trumps Under Oath Are Not a Logical Fallacy. <laughs> because... <laughs> it's not even... Yeah. is is a legal precedent. Yeah. yeah. Well, they've all... Yeah. No, not at all. They've all been under right. deposition oath many, many times. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, yeah, this is the... And even uh, Donald has been under oath in this case because he was called to the stand mm-hmm. to talk about the, the statements he was making about the um, the judge's clerk uh, that oh, he claimed God, yeah, were about yeah. Michael Caine. Yeah. 
Yeah. But Don Jr., Eric, Donald and Ivanka all gave testimony over the last week and a half. Yeah. Donald Jr. was first. This is the New York fraud trial. So they were being yeah. asked about um, the financial statements that the Trump organization prepared and gave to yeah. banks and stuff in an attempt to get bigger loans because they were overvaluing their stuff. So Don Jr. said that he uh, relied on accountants, wasn't involved in the preparations of financial statements. Right. Although he did sign them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we were just rubber stamping stuff uh-huh. at that point. Yeah, yeah. But weren't, weren't, weren't they in charge of the Aren't they in charge of the company? Well, weren't they in charge of the company? They were in charge of the company, supposedly, because you know Trump wouldn't want any kind of uh, conflict of interest when he was president. Obviously, no, so, obviously. Yeah. So all the, he claimed that he was going to divest all his investments when he was right when he was campaigning in 2016. Um, but but what he actually did was was put just Don and Eric in charge of the Trump organization, right? In a kind of trust. Uh, kept basically everything else. Kept all of his other stuff. Oh okay. <laughs> god! <laughs> Just didn't do anything right. with it. Basically, kind of yeah. threatening people to, you know, come and get me. Do what you. What are you going to do? So yeah, Don and Eric supposedly ran the Trump organization from the uh, point at which Trump was elected to. We initially suspected the point after he left office, but actually, it turns out that he right. took over control again five days before he left office on uh, the. 15th of January, I think. Not fully sure why (laughs) or what impact that has, but it did seem a bit of a weird thing. Does it coincide with another fraud case or something? I don't think so. Um, But he did in July of that year then Mm. step down again and make Don Jr. the trustee for the Trump organisation. And that, I think, was because that was when Alan Weisselberg had been indicted for tax fraud. <laughs> right. So, so yeah. at that point, yeah. Trump was like, oh, I think the kids, you kids did a great job while I was president. Yeah. You should you should look after you the company that, yeah, is, yeah, yeah. that is mired yeah. in these tax fraud questions. Yeah. I'll just take a step back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Mm-hmm. when Trump was asked on the stand when he testified about why his kids were put in charge, essentially, obviously, it's because yeah. it's his kids, but he said of Donald Jr., he said he's a hard-working boy, a young man, and he's done a very good job. And then, as, a, as an afterthought, said, as has Eric. <laughs> <laughs> and said, yeah. Eric, Eric yeah. was very busy running the company, and I thought putting Don in would be good. He's smart. He's a very honourable guy. But they well, didn't plead the fifth, at least not in large part. There was some suggestion early on, and I, I kind of suspected it that yeah. they might all just answer all the questions with, on on advice of counsel, I refuse to answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, they they said stuff. Right. Some of the stuff they said was lies. <laughs> Oh, okay. The, like, <laughs> okay. Also, well, most of it, most of what they said seemed to be, I can't remember, I don't recall. Certainly I wasn't Ivanka, there, or, yeah. yeah. Most of yeah. what Ivanka said was, I don't recall. Even when she was shown emails or documents proving that she was involved in specific transactions <laughs> yeah, yeah, or yeah. meetings or that she had kind of emailed to say, let's do let's do this or let's have a meeting about this. She was like, I don't, I don't remember that. That's a bit like, I'm entitled to my opinion, in that if you say, I don't remember, yeah. 
it, well, it doesn't matter if you remember it or not. It, it's you're you're already guilty of what we've said you yeah yeah here's here's the evidence you did it yeah (laughs) so saying i don't remember doesn't get you off it just it kind of it grants you immunity in your own eyes in your that's your opinion yeah that you've got off because you just can't remember it doesn't matter whether you can remember remember (laughs) or not you just yeah, yeah you did do it yeah, and we've got here. Here are the receipts. We're holding them up and showing it to you. It doesn't matter whether you remember it or not. The fact that that's that's why Facebook, that popular bit in Facebook when it says, "Here's a memory from 14 years ago, mm-hmm. or seven years ago, or four years, or three minutes," you know, this is what you did, and you look at it and think, "Well, oh, I don't remember that at all." Yeah, <laughs> and that's but that's nice to be reminded. Because do you have to be minded in order to be reminded? So if you if you can't remember it, and here are the facts being presented to you, are they really going to go for false memory <laughs> syndrome <laughs> claims? I don't know that they're smart enough for that. Yeah, yeah, I mean they're just. She is. She she did say basically she didn't remember stuff. She was asked about the Deutsche Bank loans, where one mm-hmm. of the agreements was that in order to kind of qualify for the loan, for the course of the loan, Trump would, would maintain a, a net worth above $3 billion. Bloody hell. Yeah. And Ivanka suggested that Just, they lower that to $2 billion, right. um, in an email. She didn't recall that. So, so she was that, basically yeah. involved. She was that amount of involved in yeah. getting the loans from Deutsche Bank, at least, yeah. uh, in terms of she was negotiating the, the, the terms. They ended up at two point five billion as the network she was also asked about her the valuation of the of her apartment that she leased right. from donald <laughs> mm-hmm. in the park avenue building mm-hmm. um that was valued at 12 million dollars more than she paid for it so she paid wow. eight yeah. and a half million dollars for it or she had right. a purchase option she was leasing it but she had an option right. to buy it for eight Eighteen and a half million, um, but yeah. the value that that was on the financial statement that Trump gave to banks to get loans yeah. was twenty million, twenty point eight million actually. So wow, the that's quite a difference. And yeah. she was asked about that, and she was she said, "I wasn't involved in his statement of financial condition. I can't say what it took into account or didn't take into account." So she had no specific recollection that her father had personal statements of financial condition. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. So, yeah, she was, wow. her testimony was, was almost entirely, I don't know or I don't remember. Don Jr. and Eric both claimed not to have been involved in stuff, even though they just, had been. they were running the company. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. Together. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Eric, before testifying, said, I'm not, you know, I don't get involved in the financial statements, I pour concrete, which... It's not. He doesn't do that. Definitely doesn't yeah. do that. Not yeah. apart from the else. Trump. The Trump organization hasn't built anything in like fifteen years. They, <laughs> they, they, years, they yeah. just invest yeah. in stuff. Well, perhaps they pour it round the feet <laughs> of the people that Maybe. they're detractors and <laughs> chuck them in the river. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, he said during his testimony, he said that I focus on construction. I don't focus on appraisals. He mm-hmm. was shown plenty of emails that showed that that wasn't true. <laughs> That he was doing nothing but evaluations. He, yeah. yeah, yeah. Don Junior, as I said, basically said that he was he just 
through his accountants under the bus. He was he relied on them. He didn't get involved in a, in the actual kind of financial side of it at all. Right. When Trump testified, it was a different tone to his kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was just. Well, I like the headline on, on uh, NBC that's got angry outbursts mm-hmm. in the. In the thing, and as a collector of, because that's the name of the band, <laughs> a collector of headlines that have the word outbursts in, that's nice, yeah. Angry <laughs> outbursts, so that was kind of the description of Trump's answering of questions. Yeah. I like the way, when, when he, when even his lawyers, didn't the judge kind of say, can you just rein him in a bit and get him to answer oh, the questions? multiple times. Yeah. He repeatedly, I, this, unfortunately, this trial isn't televised. Oh, man. But... There were several people live tweeting it, so there, so I was right. kind of watching the testimony in text yeah. form as it was going through, <laughs> and so yeah. so many times it was like the judge has has asked his Trump's lawyers to get him to kind of have some control over him to try and stop yeah. him from answering questions with speeches. He he yeah. said this isn't a rally. He told him off for like answering yes no questions with a speech with like rhetoric about how this is all very unfair and he's being railroaded right. and, and all of that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Trump shouted at the judge a few times Whoa. and pointed at Letitia James, the Attorney General, and said she's a fraud. And it's just mad. Whoa. It's the kind of thing wow. you, you would see, I think, if there was a film where someone was trying to get sent to jail. Like they were kind yeah, of yeah. being hunted by the mob or something and what they wanted to do was be safe in a jail cell. This is yeah. the kind of... act actions that they would do in a court (laughs) to guarantee they were definitely going away preferably into maximum security (laughs) solitary this is uh, but he was yeah he was completely unhinged as you would expect although when we've seen him do depositions and they often record those and sometimes they get released he tends to be quite demure and right respectful when he's answering yeah. questions in a deposition. Yeah. And whenever we've heard uh, people talking about when he appeared for his arraignments and had to speak and was saying kind of, yes, no, thank you, uh, etc. He was he was yeah. appearing contrite. He was sitting there and not making a fuss. In yeah, this case, yeah, yeah. which is a bench trial, the judge gets to decide. It's not, there isn't a jury that he's playing to. Right, so who can, yeah, no... Yeah, there's, right. he can't be hoping that there's a couple of MAGA people on the jury who will appreciate yeah. this kind of shenanigans. Yeah. It's the judge who gets to decide what happens with him and what the result is. And he's just doing everything he can to piss the judge off, to the extent that I've read some people suggesting he's trying to make the judge lose it. He's trying to make the judge mm. so angry right. that he will say something or do something that will cause a mistrial or cause... Um, him to be able to claim on appeal that the judge is clearly biased. Right. Because he's acting so crazily that the judge might, if he isn't very, very calm and restrained, which he has been, he's been amazing up to now, Yeah, he could say something theoretically that would make an appeals court think, well, that's that's unprofessional, not right. the kind of behaviour we expect from a judge. But that would mean that there, there was a plot afoot on the part of his legal team and, and actually, the well, I don't know because his his lawyer, uh, who is it, Kai's Kai's yeah, Keys, Kai's, it's kind of it's, it's almost as a Shakespearean aside when Trump is 
you know, off in the background ranting about something or other rather than just answering a yes-no question. He just kind of um, sotto voce to the camera, close up to the camera, just says, it's best to just let him run on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but right. that's guys. Alina Harbour, who is also on his legal team, has yeah. been going the other way and has also been engaging with the judge and kind of arguing back and to the point that she's been told to sit down and shut up essentially by the judge because she right. continually wow. made the same objections over and over again to to stuff that was not objectionable and had already been ruled on right, um, right. and then took the opportunity to come out and in fact the, the legal team have now been gagged as well because the gag there was a gag order on trump oh um, to yeah, stop yeah, him yeah. from saying negative things about the judge's staff and so yeah. what happened was the legal team just started saying them started um, doing and it. so Bloody the judge yeah. has extended the gag order to the legal team and so now alina harbour is going on fox and when judge janine is saying why are you going after the clerk yeah she's saying i can't tell you i've been gagged <laughs> as if there nice. is something to yeah. say as if yeah. there's something yeah, to tell yeah yeah yeah, yeah. But but yeah, she's she's coming out and whereas Trump was talking out immediately outside the courtroom, kind of inside the courtroom building, talking to yeah. reporters and saying how unfair it is and how it's being railroaded, Alina Harbour is holding her little kind of press conferences things outside the courtroom building because I think she's slightly less likely to get sanctioned by doing that if she's right. not actually yeah, yeah, directly yeah. outside the courtroom claiming yeah. the judge is biased well, and against well, her. Plus because she's got an actual job. Of being a, a well, lawyer, I mean, she's Trump's lawyer, so not really. Well, yeah, no, it's a bit like Rudy. Yeah, but could could get professionally barred. Yeah, if if she whereas Trump just you know he'll just end up in jail. It makes me think of what Bob Woodward reported in the in the book when we covered it that his his Trump's advisors would say to him. No, no, you can't appear live yeah. in court. Yeah. You're not going to do that. You're not going to let you do that because you're just. And they knew that like four years ago. Yeah, just no, can't have you stand up there because you will just go off on one. Yeah, and make yourself look stupid. Yeah, and I think the thing is that what I was saying about the judge being very restrained and not doing anything yeah. that might potentially be used against him in an appeal. Yeah, is also I think the reason why. He why Trump hasn't been held in contempt because any other defendant would have been held in contempt yeah way earlier yeah 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 but obviously this is very contentious and he's the former president and it's definitely going to be appealed so he is yeah. giving him all the leeway he is right. I think there's I don't know if there's a point that Trump can cross a line he can cross that would mean he would be held in contempt. But I think the reason he is not doing that is because there is absolutely no way you can look at this trial, at least as it's been reported, as far as, I'm, as I've seen, and say that the judge has been uh, has treated Trump harshly. He has given right. him yeah. a lot of room, a lot of room for manoeuvre. Yeah, 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 yeah. And and so, Trump has has used it all and more, and doesn't know that he's actually hanging himself. Yes, you don't behave yeah. this way in a court. This is not no. This is if not you behavior to, you expect to get no, away with. If you if you want to present yourself as somebody that's not guilty, yeah, or you know, worthy of um, judicial consideration to your advantage, yeah. you don't behave like this. Yeah, you're, you're kind of going in and throwing your weight about and and shouting and and accusing the judge of being biased and shooting down the whole thing as a witch hunt 
It's wow. It's like it's straight out of well, Boris was straight out of Trump's playbook. <laughs> But it's like Boris at the select committee calling into question the validity of the court, which is the, you know, it's it's the the last bastion of scoundrels. Is that when you've finally been caught, you just say, I don't recognize your the power of you over me. Yeah. Well, Well, it's an old it's an old legal tenet that I think we've discussed before. When the law is on your side, argue the law. When the facts are on your side, argue the facts. When neither on your side, bang on the table. And that's that's all Trump (laughs) has is the banging on the table and shouting and claiming he's being hard done by. He doesn't have any defence. And finally, some things we really do not have time to talk about. The beginning of November is the most important time of the year when it comes to American politics, because as we all know, November 7th is Four Seasons Total Landscaping Day. (laughs) The anniversary of Rudy Giuliani finding out the election was called for Biden while holding a press conference in a parking lot between a crematorium and a sex toy store, because a comedy genius at Four Seasons Total Landscaping did not ask, do you think this is the hotel, when they took a booking for an event? And yes, technically the first week in November is also when they do elections and shit. And they did some this year, so I guess I could talk about that. (laughs) Democrats won pretty much everywhere. Andy Bashir was re-elected as governor in Kentucky. Virginia Democrats held on to the state Senate and took the House of Delegates. New Jersey Democrats expanded their majority in the state Senate. A Democrat was elected to the open seat on the Philadelphia Supreme Court. And school boards across the country rejected the vast majority of candidates endorsed by Mums for Liberty, choosing instead sane people who were in favour of kids (laughs) learning stuff. Meanwhile, Ohio so convincingly voted to enshrine abortion access into the state's constitution that Ohio Republicans are already workshopping ways to ignore the majority of the electorate, with State (laughs) Representative Jennifer Gross claiming it only passed because of foreign election interference, and Representative Beth Lear saying, no amendment can overturn the God-given rights with which we were born. By which she presumably means the God-given right to force other people to have babies? (laughs) Not sure. In any case, these idiots seem to be having trouble understanding that taking away reproductive rights is unpopular, which they have in common with, well, all other Republicans. Like Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's convinced that Republicans lost because they're not being extreme enough when they talk about abortion. (laughs) Or One American News host Jack Posobiec, who ranted in all caps that the childless, unmarried abortion army mobilised by Barbie, Taylor Swift and TikTok are crushing Republicans at the ballot box. And I mean, I mean, he's not wrong, exactly. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Barbie, Taylor Swift and TikTok. Fantastic. If brains from Thunderbirds were a real person, AI generative image result and new Speaker of the House Mike Johnson and his somewhat puritanical faith-obsessed views have come under more scrutiny now he's elected to the Speaker's job. You know, those pesky, niggling and obviously vote-winning election-denying far-right Christian nationalist views from his time with the anti-LGBTQ organisation Alliance Defending Freedom through to his claim that school shootings could be blamed on abortion and teaching evolution. (laughs) Also under scrutiny are his online activities, which he talked about in a conversation on the war on technology at Benton, Louisiana's Cypress Baptist Church, which turned up on X, formerly known as Twitter. I just say that to annoy Elon. Apparently, he runs a piece of software called Covenant Eyes, and I can hear Mrs. Potato Head saying, and your angry eyes, every time I see that written down, which monitors what you watch 
and doesn't like prevent it or anything. No, it collates a report and then sends that to your accountability partner, which in Mike's case is his 17-year-old son, for whom Mike is his accountability partner. Yeah, way to go, Mikey. Not only is it a bit weird and big brotherish, but ew, your kid's going to see if you've, well, let's face it, watched porn. <laughs> and you just know at 17 that's all he's going to be doing. If anything objectionable comes up, your accountability partner gets an immediate notice. I'm proud to tell you, my son has got a clean slate, says Mike. As the ex-user Receipt Maven pointed out, a US congressman is allowing a third-party tech company to scan all of his electronic devices daily and then uploading reports to his son about what he's watching or not watching. Who else is accessing that data? Just say no, Mike. Just say no. Five people got together in Miami on Wednesday to argue about which one of them gets to lose to Biden if Trump chokes to death on his KFC by next November. Yes, it was the third Republican primary debate last week, and we're down to five because Doug Burgum didn't meet the minimum national polling requirement and Mike Pence pulled out of the race and immediately triggered multiple Mandela effects where half people swear that he pulled out months ago and the other half are shocked he's still alive. The remaining (laughs) candidates all behaved in their assigned roles with DeSantis aiming to replicate normal human facial expressions and failing hard. Tim Scott doing basically nothing, although his mythical Canadian girlfriend did make an appearance. Chris Christie attacking Trump. Vivek Ramaswamy attacking everyone and everything. And Nikki Haley having no fucks left to give when Vivek started going after her daughter for having a TikTok account. Haley's response of, you're just scum, became the biggest takeaway of the evening and simultaneously the truest thing ever said on a stage at a GOP debate. (laughs) Excellent. Excellent. You just give up and go... Oh, God, you just come. <laughs> That's so good. I've dealt with his politicians many times, says Zephan Parker, the bespoke bootmaker behind Houston's popular Parker Boot Company, which he says has made height-increasing cowboy boots for a number of Texan politicians. I've helped them with their lifts, and DeSantis is wearing lifts, there's no doubt. Well, there you have it, folks. Politico reports that Tiny D, <laughs> who stands at a minuscule five foot eleven, is worrying about his size and the size of Trump, who at six foot three also wears lifts to give him that front half of a pantomime centaur look. Apparently, height is perceived to be an advantage over on the right, because over the last century or so, taller candidates have tended to have an advantage in general elections, with the notable exception of former President. Barack Obama, who is shorter than Mitt Romney, and President Joe Biden, who is shorter than Trump. Traditional Western boots are typically built with an elevated heel, ranging from about one and a half inches to one and seven eighths inches. DeSantis's boots have a traditional Western silhouette, but to Parker, the heels appear shorter. When you stick inserts into cowboy boots, the combination of the high increasing lifts and the heels can, and I quote, turn them into five-inch stilettos, Parker (laughs) says. That's too much for the common man. So on a ready-made boot, they'll cut the heel down about half an inch to accommodate the lifts, which looks to be what's happened here, he says. He looks like he's wearing trousers with an eight-inch opening, and he estimates which is plenty of room for a Western boot on a man of his proportions. The fact that the tops push against his trouser legs suggests to Parker that the boots are bigger than intended, probably to accommodate his lifts. DeSantis' campaign deny, of course, the governor doesn't pad his boots, 
But if he ever needed anything to line a pet cage or fold up and wedge under a table leg, that would be the highest and best use for Politico magazine. Yeah, nice, well-informed comeback, guys, apart from the fact that Politico magazine doesn't (laughs) appear in print. I wrote a whole intro here about the rise in hate crime since 2016 and especially during the past month due to events in Israel. But then I remembered this part supposed to be both informative and funny. And there's nothing funny about hate crimes. Or so I thought. Stay with me here. (laughs) Until I read about Ruba Amakta, an Indiana woman who decided to crash her car into the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge in Indianapolis last week because she's an anti-Semitic arsehole and she thought it was a Jewish school. Fortunately for everyone, Ruba is also an idiot and couldn't be bothered to Google the school before smashing into it and causing $10,000 worth of damage, because if she had, she might have discovered that the Israelite School of Universal and Practical Knowledge is an SPLC-designated hate group who are even more anti-Semitic than she is, as well as being anti-LGBTQ and anti-women. So fuck those guys. Now, if we can just get all the hate criminals to only attack each other, I think we could solve the problem. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Brilliant. Jacob Angeli Chainsley, better known as the QAnon shaman, though he prefers to be called these days American shaman, thank you very much, filed paperwork with the Arizona Secretary of State's office on Thursday, announcing his intent to run as a libertarian via Natch in Arizona's 8th Congressional District. Changely was released into a halfway house this past March after serving 27 months of his 41-month sentence for his part in the January 6th insurrection and has since been very vocal about the fact that all of his contrition over his actions that day were total bullshit, especially the part where his lawyer made him blame Trump for what he did. He now claims that actually the January 6th insurrection he was literally filmed participating in, shirtless and wearing a large fur hat with horns, was a psyop by the FBI to make Trump and his supporters look bad. Uh, Well, (laughs) of course, none of this phases the world of the cure nonsensers, which at one point was very certain that he was a CIA or FBI plant on a mission to make them all look bad. And now the consensus seems to be that he's part of the plan, or at least he's on the side of the White Hats. Okay, I guess given that a Democrat is not going to win that seat, Let's just go with choosing the most ridiculous, ill-suited candidate and potential embarrassment for the GOP. Mind you, they don't embarrass easily. And at the very least, enjoy the merch possibilities. (laughs) Formal or casual available with matching furry tie, no doubt. James Comer, the idiot chair of the House Oversight Committee, struck idiot gold in his search for evidence of corruption in the Biden family when he found a cheque to Joe from his brother Jim for $200,000. Clear evidence of shenanigans, which will no doubt lead to a successful impeachment and bring down the Biden administration. All the anti-Biden folk on Twitter are convinced it's the smoking gun and are happy to wave away technicalities like the fact it says on the cheque that it's a loan repayment and that it was written in March of 2018 when Joe was a private citizen. In their determination to prove malfeasance, they claim there's no evidence that Joe ever loaned Jim that amount of money, conveniently ignoring that CNN found evidence of a bank transfer of $200,000 two months before into Jim's account from a law firm connected to Joe. Still, say Comer and friends, Biden had shell companies, which is very suspicious, and there's just no way that a payment of that amount between brothers is anything other than some as-yet-undetermined, highly illegal and nefarious scheme. I mean, imagine if James Comer had a brother with whom he repeatedly exchanged hundreds of thousands of dollars in deals, which are unexplained. That would be crazy. 
What's that? The Daily Beast? Oh, yes, those deals. Yes, apparently, James Comer's family owns quite a lot of farmland. Back in 2019, his brother Chad bought James's half of a property in Monroe County for $100,000, only for James to buy the whole property back from Chad five months later for $218,000, only this time using a shell company. And in 2015, the brothers swapped properties worth around $175,000 with James gaining about 30 k from the transaction, but neglecting to disclose that in public records. What's that quote about people in glass houses again? Mm, yeah, never swap a glass house with your brother. <laughs> this last week or so in British politics, Suella Braverman, the Home Secretary, says living on the streets when you're homeless is a lifestyle choice as she's trying to crack down on people living on the streets, being able to have tents. Also, in her op-ed piece for The Times, she managed to offend pretty much everyone with her spiteful ignorance of the history of the troubles in Northern Ireland and describing pro-peace Palestinian marches as hate marches, ignoring the facts that both Palestinian and Israel support groups attended the march on Saturday. Basically, she was saying that the people shouldn't march for an armistice because it ruins the meaning of Armistice Day. And then 92 right-wingers are arrested for acts of violence whilst defending the cenotaph from peaceful people who are nowhere near the cenotaph. We wait with bated breath for the cabinet reshuffle on Monday where we hope Suella will be considering a new lifestyle choice herself. Yeah, just not on my street, all right, Corella? Oh, and also check your data roaming settings if you're going on holiday <laughs> outside of your cell phone supplier's boundaries. Since Brexit, for instance, phone companies in the UK no longer have to provide free roaming in Europe and will charge you for it. Morocco is not in the EU, so it's always going to be chargeable if you start using your iPad's data allowance, say like Scottish Health Secretary Michael Matheson, who apparently was using his governmental iPad for work on holiday in Morocco and racked up 11 thousand pounds in data roaming charges sheesh i thought i'd overdone it a bit when i discovered that you get charged when sailing across the english channel because it's in international waters not the uk or the eu serves me right for listening to the latest episode of this podcast (laughs) the thing is arguably if he was prepared to let the government look at his kind of browser history he'd probably Like if that if that was legitimate stuff, he'd probably be able to claim it as an expense, right? Yeah, but he's prepared to just pay the eleven thousand pounds rather than let anyone see what he's been doing online. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, it's definitely work. Yeah, but at least go in and and like put your put your data roaming cap on. So yeah, would you like us to warn you when you get above thirty five pounds? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, she's got over, over £35 you know, a couple of thousand times. Yeah. Wow. So that's all the bad arguments and faulty reasoning we have time for this week. You'll find the show notes at fallaciousTrump.com. And if you hear Trump say something stupid and want to ask if it's a fallacy, our contact details are on the contact page. If you think we've used a fallacy ourselves, let us know. And if you had a good time, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, or simply tell one other person in person about how much they'd like our podcast. And you can support the show at patreon.com slash ftrump, just like our straw man level patrons, Laura Thompson, Renee Zed, Schmoots, Mark Reiki and Amber R. Buchanan, who told us where we met her at QED. We can just call her Amber, though another listener recognised her at QED this year because we keep using her full name all the time. And our true Scotsman level patrons, Melissa Sytek, Stephen Bickle, Janet Uetta, Kaz Tui, Andrew Houck, and our top patron, Lauren. 
Thank you so much for your continued support. It's really very much appreciated. Thank you. You can connect with those awesome people as well as us and other listeners in the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Fallacious Trump. All music is by the Albers and was used with permission. So until next time on Fallacious Trump, we'll leave the last angry outburst <laughs> to the Donald. That's right. Go home to mommy. Bye. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy and delicious breads, buns and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.